0: Hey guys. Welcome to the You Make the Scene podcast. My name is Josh. This is episode number 22. This week on the episode, I've got a conversation with Dave Feldman of Wildlife. Um, Had a great conversation with him. We talked about their new album, You're the Snake. Uh, That's coming out in just a couple days. Uh, We talked about plans for tour and new music video Um, kind of just ran the whole gambit there. Uh, this conversation did take place before the COVID crisis and everything forced a bunch of delays and postponements. So, um, tour dates, I'm still going to link over to their website and everything so that you guys can check that stuff out. So whatever he says in the episode may have fluctuated a little bit, but, um, they are still planning on getting out for tour and, hopefully being able to, to come close to everybody's, you know, cities and and be able to perform. So um, that's really all I'm going to do for the intro here today. We're going to jump into our conversation with Dave Feldman of Wildlife. Yellow. Hey, man, it's Josh over at You Make the Scene. How you doing? Hey, what's up, Josh? How you been? Good, man. I'm all right. Good. Yeah. Thank you for taking the time to do this. I appreciate it. Yeah, no worries, man. All right. So, um, basically, wanted to touch base with you. I know you guys have a, an album coming out and just wanted to do some some promo work with you. Yeah, for sure, man. Cool. So, uh, we'll kick it off the same way every interview that you've ever done <laughs> starts uh, off. Name and kind of what you do in the background of the band and, and you know, kind of how you formed. Okay. Go for uh, it. Uh, all right, um,
1: name is um, Dave Feltman um, Frontman for Wildlife uh, we've been a band in this formation for the past four years and um, as a band we've been together for well over ten um, Sam, and I, Sam the guitar player and I uh, playing the band since we were uh, 12 years old so most of our lives so yeah that's pretty
0: much it awesome so uh obviously it's always cool when you've got you know like that childhood connection and you guys are able to to keep with it what's that mean to you as a an artist to have someone you know that you've been friends with since 12 years old or or before dude i mean it's, it's like
1: since it's like this is the only band that i've ever you know i've been in other bands with without sam but like kind of just had this going the entire time, so for me, it's like it's the only band I don't know, I can't even like, I don't really have anything to fucking, you know, compare it to but um, yeah, it's rad, I mean Sam is like at this point, he's like You know, my brother. He's definitely the longest, aside from my two actual brothers and my parents, the person I've been in a relationship with longer than, you know, anybody. So, you know, it's fucking sick. Um, Yeah, he's like, you know, he's a a genius. I don't know. Can't keep (laughs) up with the guy.
0: Awesome. Do you think that drives your creativity, though, by not being able Um, to keep up with him?
1: (laughs) I mean, yeah, for sure, we push each other, you know, like, just not so much now, now that we've got the album, like, in the can, but, um, you know, but when it's time to write shit, like, we both just, we both push each other, we're, we're just working on stuff all the time, and it's almost like, you know, you, we might come up with, like, two or three fucking songs that, uh, in a week, and, you know, that's, that's sick, um, yeah, yeah. We don't get to see each other maybe as often as we want, um, just because we like, both have, you know, whatever jobs. And and he's, you know, two rivers away in Brooklyn um, on the west side of Manhattan over in Jersey City. So, you know, it makes it a little bit harder. But, uh, yeah, when it, when we do connect, it's,
0: it's crazy. I don't know. Good, good. So a um, little bit about that then, you know, having that distance – with technology nowadays, do you feel like that hinders you or helps you in the writing process that you don't necessarily have to to find that common ground of a a recording space? I don't really know. I've
1: never really paid too much attention to technology, but basically the way it works with us is like either he has an idea for a song, he records the melody, and he sends it to me and I'll write lyrics to it or I tell him like, Oh, you should change this part or whatever or I'll come up with the melody and the lyrics and then I come to him and just be like, Yeah, this is kinda how what I was thinking and I'll start playing something and I'm he's like this and I'm like, No, but that works actually better. So I don't really know how much, you know, technology factors into it. We don't really have a, an old soul band. We, as in, not a you know, not a '60s band, soul playing band, but we, we all have, you know, uh, the way we carry ourselves and the way this kind of stuff that we do play, play it like, you know, we're a little bit older than we actually are. I mean, we're not fucking spring chickens at this point <laughs> either, but
0: but everything we've, we're into is like a little bit, you know, before our time, so. Yeah, for, I don't pay
1: too much attention to, to technology, either with music or with
0: anything <laughs> <laughs> Awesome, awesome. Yeah, I noticed that, you know, when I was doing my little bit of research and whatnot, that kind of the vibe I get, it made me think a lot of, like, old, like, James Dean and American Graffiti and that sort of, you know, Devil Without a Cause type, type of feel for the, the persona that, that exists with the band. Definitely with, with Spencer, the bass player, for sure. I mean, with me, I don't know. I'm just into, like, you know, timeless, cheap thrills. Pornography found in magazines, <laughs> hopping turnstiles. Uh, I don't know.
1: Just fucking cheap, dude, timeless shit. You know what I mean? Yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> well, no, I mean, that's important, though, right? Like, staying young at heart, doing those... Sure those stupid things but you know yeah. they're they're still mean, there's, a, there's definitely
1: a balance right because i see some dudes like sometimes we'll play shows and like, people come up to us and like yo man we're getting fucked up like after this like come stay over i got a bag full of blow with your name and it's like sure dude let me tell uh, every promoter for the tour at why we're going to cancel because you wanted to get fucked up. It's like, you got to be a little
0: bit professional. Like there's, you know, there's a fucking balance is all I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. <laughs> and uh, you know, nowadays, especially it's important to find that balance back in the day, you know, Motley Crue and them, I don't think they ever really found that balance, but it didn't matter, you know? Yeah.
1: And they're a fucking joke now. So <laughs>
0: yeah, they're, they're going back on tour for some reason. Did you see that?
1: Yeah. I think my uh, buddy, um, Tuck is, like, doing some shows with them. I think he's, like, opening of five bands. I really wouldn't give a shit to see any of those fucking acts. Like, maybe Joan Jett, she's awesome, but Crew Crew's a bunch of fucking fat dorks. I'm pretty <laughs> sure they're singing the tracks and fucking auto-tuning their vocals. So, I mean, if it ever gets... It would never get to that point, you know, with us, because i just fucking blow my brains out.
0: Right. Yeah, yeah, I saw that they were coming back and I was like, but why? You know, like... Yeah. Yeah. you're hurting for money, I see that, but, like, we don't want it. <laughs> it's fucking terrible. Yeah, for sure. Um, so let's talk about the new album a little bit. You guys, um, you know, got it all tracked and everything, obviously. You've got a release date. Um, let's just talk a little bit about, you know, some of what fans can expect. What's the album kind of general feel, or what's the story with it?
1: So the album is called Year of the Snake. It's our fourth full-length uh, record um yeah i don't know it's called year of the snake because uh, i was born in 1989 it's according to the chinese zodiac calendar that's my zodiac sign as it is for spencer and sam stevie's a little bit older even though he looks like he's 12 um <laughs> i don't really know what his sign is he's told me but i f- i forget but anyway that doesn't
0: matter um yeah the record is fucking i mean it's it's wildlife to a sea i don't
1: know people uh people who have heard it so far have detected that it seems a little bit more like um angrier than or more morbid um in certain cases than um than other of our previous works i'm okay with that i mean i don't really i think it still sounds like a, a wildlife record and um I don't know. I think it's like, I think it's as far as like songwriting goes and pretty much everything I think it's probably our best record. Uh, I'm, I've, I've said this to a couple people but like, I'm not the type of sap who's like, yeah, every record's gotta be your best record. Like, that's fucking bullshit. I don't think that uh, that's a realistic goal. I think an album should be a statement as to what you as the songwriter or you as the band were feeling at that time. But to say that it has to be the best, I mean, that's completely subjective anyway. But um, having said all that, I actually do think that this is probably our best work yet. And I didn't feel that with the last record. And I would tell people that. People came up to the merch booth and said, I only have... X amount of money which record should I go get I would tell them straight up get the second one instead of the third um but that's actually not how I feel about this record I think that this one's not only a true statement to our identity of a band in 2020 I think it's actually the smartest and fucking catchiest record yet and We'll see what the critics say when it's out, you know?
0: Yeah. Yeah. I dig that though. Like, you know, I I do a lot of interviews and it, it does feel like pretty much every band is oh, it's the best one we've ever had and it, is it though? You know, like yeah. you hear it and you're like, Nope, that you could have done better. There was this or this, but for sure. You know, I, I think sure. that's a testament to you to, to be that self aware that, you know, maybe we did slack off a little bit or, you know, something yeah. was missing on the last record. Yeah, it's not even
1: like it's it's it doesn't really have anything to do with work ethic or whatever. It's just like, hey, you know, like when I hear a fucking album, I want to I want to hear an album that like gets me fucking psyched and makes me want to hear it again as soon as it's over, you know? Yeah. And like, you, like you can't. It's it's not a realistic thing to to put that out like time and time again. Like I'm, uh, um, I don't know. There's a there's a I have a few like favorite contemporary bands that put out some amazing records, and I'm sure even they would say that their own stuff might not have been, like, the best, but, yeah, I don't know, I don't, I don't really fucking know, man, it's just, (laughs) this one, I'm psyched on it, and I hope people are psyched, too.
0: Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, So, Eleven Tracks, is that, is that what this album is, Eleven Tracks? Yeah, I
1: think so, yeah, first album with, 11 tracks I think all of the other ones were 10 track records not that that really means anything
0: but but, I mean it unintentionally maybe or like subconsciously maybe it meant you just felt like you had one extra in the the tank you know it was almost 12
1: actually we had to cut one I think we just got to the studio and we were just like maybe we maybe like if there's not enough time I think we tracked it and we were like, yo, yeah, we only have so much time to put this together and I this one's the weakest link. So, at, it's already 11 songs. You know, it's not a super long album. It's not a hate when fucking bands put out these hour-long records. Unless you're like Corner Shop, I don't really want to hear that. But, right. um But, um, yeah, it's, it's like, clocks in, I think it's like, it's somewhere between 35 and 37 minutes, somewhere around that. Like, which is good. I mean, I my some of my most of my favorite records are like 32 minutes, but uh, whatever. Yeah. It's also the first album with a fucking five minute song on it, which is like, you know, what would at first glance really startle me and scare me to start listening to that. But I think we did an all right job on it. It's pretty 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 much full throttle the entire time. So
0: nice. Back <laughs> in the day, I think that would have been an issue because obviously, like you know, radio is never going to play a five-minute song. But yeah. but now with it all being streaming and so much digital, like, it doesn't fucking matter. It could be a 12-minute yeah. song, and it'll still get plays. Yeah, that's true. So, awesome, man. Um, so, I saw an interesting quote from you about uh, one of your lyrics where you said, um, let me scroll back and find it here, the, uh, I'd rather be ignored than, than be adored. Uh, yeah. And kind of talking about the... The stigma, I guess, you know, that front men are always all about themselves and want to be in the limelight and things like yeah. that, but that's not really how you are. Let's talk about that a little bit.
1: Yeah. I mean, so, like, obviously, you know, you, you, being a front man, you, you have to have, you know, confidence and fucking, you are going to be stepping into this, the fucking, you know, stage light and you're going to have a, Focus on you, and uh, when it comes to like putting on a show, I'm gonna do exactly that. But that doesn't mean that when I personally step off the stage, like you, you know, don't expect to know anything really about me. I mean, I'm, I play. I'm, you know, when I was 22, and I would, you know, after the show, you know, I'd go to the dumbest shit possible just for a fucking laugh. But these days, I'm, you know, I'm 30. I'm still into this, a lot of the same shit, but I'm keeping just a much more mellow profile. And it's like, you know, uh, in a small town where I live in Jersey City, it's like, oh, dude, what's up, man? It's like, oh, yeah, man, like, I'm on the phone right now, like, uh, but I'll catch up with you later. Like, I know it's going to make me sound like I'm coming off as a dick, but just keeping a more mellow profile, you know what I mean? Yeah. And I think there's people out there, there's front men who, like, you know, there's, there's front men who are fucking amazing, and they they are at complete superstars, but they're not, they're not this fucking, like, maniac, you know what I mean? Like, take, like, Liam Gallagher, for example, was, like, my, one of my absolute favorite front men, like, he's the fucking, he'll, he'll tell you he's the best front man, for sure, but he's, shit all the fuck out he just wants to like walk around whatever shake his tambourine shake the maracas and that's it when he's off the stage he just walks like a cool white like, gorilla right just park on the hood up like that's fucking cool and then you have other dudes who are just like you know the fucking face tattoo white rapper fucking squad that's just like I just want to fucking just. Anytime they're in the explore page or whatever, just fucking keep going, man. Yeah. I don't want to see you. You know? I want to ignore you, but I can't. Right. But the lyric itself actually was like a riff on um, Stone Roses, of course. Uh, I want to be adored first track off of their uh, first record. Um, and yeah, it's just like. I don't know I I would like to be both be adored and ignored if it's possible
0: yeah and I I think it makes sense though to me like you know because I've been doing this music journalism and concert photography and just various aspects of the the music industry for like 17 years now sure and so like I've I've kind of seen it all like what you're saying where you've got the front men that they come off stage and that's them like they're full throttle all the time. And it's like, you're going to burn out. You're not going to enjoy life. And then there's, there's people like what I think you're kind of alluding to for yourself, where it's like, you know, I am a front man. I put on an amazing show, but at the same time, like once I get off stage, I'm just a person. Like I still want my own space. I still need my own time. Like, let me be a person. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I think it is kind of like that. And like, that's not to say like, you know, I got like a, I have a circle of friends and, and family that I fucking love, and people that I love to see and rarely get to see, and I want to spend time, you know, with them. But I don't have too much room to take
0: on new buddies. Right. And I'm stoked, and I'm grateful for
1: everybody who fucking loves the band, and it means something to them. It's like I, you know, when you get into this shit and you've been doing it as, like 12 years old and starting with shit in middle school pretty much jamming with Sam like you never thought you'd get to that point and it doesn't get lost on me it's just like yo like that's it's like I can't even it's so crazy that I can't relate to it whatsoever you know what I mean like people like showing up to shows or whatever and they're like yo check this out and they're like roll up their sleep and they have some sort of like wildlife tattoo or whatever and usually they look terrible and I'm just like dude like what the fuck are you thinking like this is
0: just like you know like it's just a band you know I'm so I'm stoked it means that much to you
1: but like jesus h cruz
0: yeah nice I think that's it's huge because like the lyrics are kind of one thing you know putting lyrics on your body are one thing because those can have like real deep personal connections or whatever you know, but when it's occasionally, like, a logo from a band, I'm like, but but it's just the band. What the fuck are you doing? Yeah, yeah. Like, I love, I mean, I love Blink-182. Yeah. I'm not getting a Blink-182 tattoo. It's just not gonna happen. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, man. It's just, I mean, I've gotten plenty of fucking band tattoos, like, tattooed on me, but, like, at this point in my life, I'm like, yeah, you know, don't listen to that shit as much as I used to. It's like, People should just enjoy the music, but like I said, man, I, I am very grateful for anybody's sort of uh, I don't know appreciation or admiration for for the group. It, it really, even just getting like you know messages from like people out of the country or countries I've never even been to, or whatever, just being like, oh please, like come over here and listen to your all the time. It's like Jesus, like how the fuck do you even know this shit? But I don't know. I guess it comes with the. Uh, comes with time, I guess. I don't know. I really don't know. I'm just I'm the same fucking dude who's, you know, drinks airplane bottles in the subway station and, you know, fucking spends most of my time in the
0: apartment. Right, right. <laughs> and I think that's, you know, again, kinda of that important distinction that people don't always connect with someone that is, you know, popular or famous, if you will, whatever you wanna whatever label you wanna put on it um is that you know their daily life especially off tour isn't that much different than yours like they're yeah. just living life man
1: for sure yeah we all i mean all of us have like day jobs and shit you know and it's like would it be sick to like i, I would it be sick to not do the day job thing and just fucking live, live off of, like your band and it's part of me It was like yeah it would be sick but I don't know what commercials are going to, like, <laughs> use mu- our music. We'd either have to dumb it down to, to make it more commercially successful. And I don't want to do that, obviously, and I would never. Or it's like, yeah, or we could tour, you know, 300 days out of the year and probably hate each other. And, you know, so, I mean, there's a balance there. We, we definitely are on the, like, don't play a lot make people
0: wait for it to yeah scale. but i mean but, that, that's not a bad strategy to have especially you know in this day and age it, supply creates demand right so if, if right. you guys aren't touring all that much the likelihood of getting bigger you know bigger cap rooms and stuff like that you're gonna sell those tickets so yeah um but yeah like the the commercialization thing i was talking to a band not too long ago about that and we were talking about you know kind of what you said Yeah, we could change our sound, we could do these things to probably get there, but then am I going to have the same passion for what I was doing, or am I going to be just a a jingle monkey, you know?
1: Yeah, I mean, there's definitely some people out there who have changed their sound, and, you know, they're doing it to be more commercially successful, more, you know, available to the mass public, but the mass public's a bunch of fucking idiots, so... (laughs) you know Uh, why would you want to cater to that when you can have your own authentic i don't know true identity i don't know man
0: yeah no i think you're i think you're hitting it right on the head is the authentic authenticity breeds like a more loyal fan base those people are gonna gonna stick around they're gonna buy merch they're gonna do those things for long term whereas you know if you're a band that changes the sound and you made a commercial or you know made your song in in a movie or whatever cool people know you for that one song but are they going to be there for the next album or whatever yeah i mean yeah i am
1: i want to say like i have no problems fucking with people putting songs into television and movies like if, if as long as it was like because that Fit the scene, not that it's like I'm gonna start making music for Coke commercials. There's there's a huge difference, you know what I mean?
0: Yeah.
1: Fuck, who was it? Primal Scream, I think, had a song in a car commercial recently for moving on up, and I was like, fuck
0: yeah, dude! Primal
1: Scream's in a fucking car commercial. I mean, granted, Primal Scream is like massive Britpop band that's been around for a very, very, very long time, but it still got me hyped. And no point was I like, oh yeah. Bobby Gillespie's selling out, I was, I was fucking hyped, but it's, like, most of the shit that you hear on, a, on a commercials, where it's just, you know, like, the fucking, my buddy calls it millennial woes, they're like,
0: yeah. fuck that shit, I yeah.
1: can't, can't stand that shit, <laughs> and uh, hopefully all that garbage is a passing phase, but we'll see, I, I if I... I don't know
0: what the hell is, like, gonna, win. what's it's flash in the pan, I mean... Yeah, it, and it's too hard to track nowadays, because of, I think, because of streaming especially, like, there's so much out there for people to consume, it's hard to say what the trend is gonna be. Yeah, the fuck trends. Right. <laughs> awesome, man. Um, so, as the album gets closer, um... What kind of, or did you already do a, a video for the single yet? Yeah. yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah.
1: Yeah, we, have, we made a single, uh, well, we made a video for this, uh, one of the singles that came out called uh, Kiss and Tell. That's uh, that's the one song that you were just talking about earlier. Um, yeah. That one we shot a video for over the course of a weekend. It was about a month and change ago. That'll be out probably the beginning of April, right before the record comes out, and we announced some tour dates um, that are just getting finalized now. Um, but yeah, it's going to be a fucking really weird, wild video. Good. Um,
0: as are most of our videos. <laughs> but, but those are the ones that stick with you. Like, I always think of... Um, the band Every Time I Die has that Werewolf video and it's the dumbest fucking teen wolfs like rip off video but you once you watch it you're like okay yep i'm going to remember that shit forever just because it's it's so cheesy and corny like oh, they I wanted think it I actually saw that video yeah yeah, they come up in, like, the A-Team was, van and... Yeah, I thought and, that was Newfound Glory
1: or some shit, because, I mean, I'm not gonna... I mean, that's that's your bag, then that's cool. I don't really listen to it every time I die, but I definitely remember the video. It, is a good, it was a
0: good video. Yeah, yeah. I think um, I think like, Newfound Glory did the uh, Teen Wolf one, too, but the Every Time I Die one, like, it's... Wait, they, they both made... Yeah. They both made Teen Wolf videos? Yeah. <laughs> me? Like, years apart, but, yeah, I'm pretty sure they both have one that's similar in that. Oh.
1: So it was the new sound video
0: so um, it could be. Leave
1: this leave that out of this interview.
0: <laughs> Fuck <laughs> Kinda of makes you wonder about stuff, doesn't it?
1: <laughs> yeah, it makes me wonder about myself and what I was doing watching that video. I think I must have been my friend Lauren telling me about to watch that and I did.
0: I don't know. we'll pretend it was like 3 a.m. after a show, you couldn't sleep. It's fine. I think it
1: was actually 2.30 after a bar shift. I'm actually, I'm actually, positive now that I'm thinking back on it because <laughs> there's no way in hell I would ever on my own accord, just YouTube search Newfound Glory and see what they were
0: up to. Right. Right. I guess. Yeah. yeah. Awesome, man. <laughs> um, so we've touched on most of your 2020 plans. Um, for this album cycle, are there plans to do more videos than, than just Kiss and Tell? Or is it like a, let that one run, do the tour, and see where we're happens. at? Yeah, yeah, we're going to see what happens. I
1: mean, like, uh, we're like, uh, there's eight of us. Uh, there's there's four of us in the band, and it takes fucking eight hands to fucking tie one shoe. So, <laughs> you know, we think pretty fucking short term. Uh, we got this tour... That's hopefully not going to fall apart because of all this fucking bullshit coronavirus nonsense that's fucking going around. It's really, really terrible. Um, and we got, like, our release show again. Hopefully that's going to fucking still happen. Um... The video's definitely going to come out, but what happens after that, you know, we'll see. We do have a show out in Denver that we might book a tour around to do, like, a West Coast run. Hopefully that happens, but, I mean, these are very...
0: Very loose plans. Very
1: uncertain times, and, you know, I'm talking about the fucking election. I'm talking about corona, and all that shit is so fucking dumb. Yeah. All you
0: know, all, all the four of us wanted to do was make a rock
1: band that was like respected and fun and now you got to start thinking about the logistics of like (laughs) global global politics and and fucking health issues is to to
0: factor into the success whatever that means of your own band
1: is like so frustrating and annoying and stupid so we're just taking it one day at a time i just hope people like the record honestly that's like first and foremost on my radar awesome
0: yeah you know uh, I mean? yeah yeah no totally agree because like you know there's several shows that i was supposed to be getting out to here soon and it's like mm-hmm. everything's on hold and it's like fuck guys like i get it but it's not as serious as you all are making it out to be there's no way I
1: mean, yeah, I, I, I'm definitely no health expert and uh, I'm not going to say that it isn't serious. I will say I'm not worried whatsoever about my own health concerns or the, you know, my buddies are not in a targeted age bracket, but I can tell you that the financial ramifications of this shit have already
0: fucking started. Oh yeah. Because of like mass panic and that is real
1: and it is very very scary. Yeah. Like, you know I work bar shifts. They've come to like a grinding
0: halt and Jersey City just put in a 10 p.m. curfew
1: as of last night. No, So that means there's no more shows in Jersey City. There's no no drinking in bars after 10 o'clock. All, most of my friends who work these Bar jobs are now without work. I also fucking do DJ shit. That's done. Like, it's fucking scary, man. So, like, you know. Yeah. uh, The coronavirus, it's a fucking real thing in terms of, (laughs) you know, our bank accounts are concerned. Right,
0: right. Yeah, no, like, and that's, that's where I'm at with it is, like, I believe that it's a real thing. I believe there's potential problems with it and whatnot. As far as the health side of it is concerned. And Mm -hmm. I'm like you. I'm not a doctor. I don't fucking know. But like like you said. The financial stuff that hit. It's like. I mean I get it. But shit. Like. Are we going too far? I
1: wish. I wish people. I wish like people could relax. But it's all it takes is like. A few people to get
0: panicked over the internet. And that shit spreads harder than any sort of (laughs) airborne virus. For sure (laughs) man. Like. I was just talking to somebody at my day job today, as a matter of fact, about it. And, like, we were talking about just the way the media is around this thing. The The biggest problem I have is the media. Like, I'm all for you bringing it up and educating people and telling them to take precautions. Yeah. But that's not what they've done. They've created this mass hysteria around it. And it's it's impacting everybody now at this point when it could have just yep. been a... I don't want to say a small thing, but, you know, relatively yeah. a small thing. Right. And right. now it's like, well, shit, you're impacting everybody in the country instead of just those affected. Yep. So, yeah. No, I totally get it, man. So hopefully your uh, your tours are, are able to go on as planned because, you know, I want tours to start back up. I fucking love music, and yeah. it sucks that everybody's having to, to just sit down and wait. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so uh, I think that's everything I've got for you, man. What I'm going to do for you here at the end, because I like to do this for everybody, uh, I'm going to let you plug whatever you want to plug, whether it's your own stuff, anybody else's stuff, um, just, you know, plug whatever you got. Oh, man. Uh, Giving myself a pat on the back, huh? Uh, Yeah, I don't
1: know. Just fucking, I hope people listen to the record. April seventeenth comes out. Um, check the video out for Kiss and Tell. Probably be out. Hopefully by the time you hear this, and uh, you know, go check out. Uh, I don't know. I'll give a shout out to uh, my buddies in Atlanta, Rambler, friends, uh, Fast Eddie in Denver. Probably gonna Dirty Fences, New York, Brower, New York. I'm going to probably forget a million bands, but (laughs) whatever, man, just point
0: is, keep your head down, keep your mouth shut, and just fucking keep your ears open, because
1: there's some good shit that's happening there, despite what the fucking TV's going to tell you. That's
0: it. Awesome, man. (laughs) Awesome. I'll make sure I plug as much of that as I can, you know, link all your socials, and I'll try to put links to all them in there as well, but I appreciate you taking the time and looking forward to hearing the record. Of course, man. Thank you. Really appreciate the interview. Absolutely, man. I'll talk to you later. All right, Josh. You too, man. All right. All right. Bye. And that was our conversation with Dave from Wildlife. Um, Like I said, man, real good dude. Um, Had a lot of fun talking to him. Hopefully, they'll be able to get out on tour soon. Um, you know, this coronavirus is, has messed up a lot of plans for a lot of people, and, um, you know, I'm, I'm not going to say it hasn't affected pretty much everybody in every industry and all that, but the, the music industry has been hit insanely hard with it. Um, you know, so many bands rely on touring to to make the majority of their money and, you know, just sell merch and things like that. And not being able to get out and tour is, is a huge impact to them financially. Um, So I'm going to have links to all of wildlife's socials, their website, all that sort of stuff. If you guys can go over, um, pick up some merch, pick up the, the album, all that sort of stuff. I um, hope you guys enjoyed that episode. Uh, he was again a lot of fun to talk to, and I'm really looking forward to seeing them live. I've only heard you know some of the music in audio format, so um, I'm I'm sure their live shows just ridiculously good. So looking forward to that. Hope you guys are too. Um, again. Anything you can do to help artists at this point due to the coronavirus is going to be huge. It's going to be greatly appreciated. Um, I've said it in a couple episodes now and a couple different posts, a couple things that you can do that are really simple, um, don't really cost you anything for a couple of them. Uh, number one, make sure you're you're sharing their stuff. Um when your favorite band is posting about something that they're doing whether that's a you know facebook live or an instagram live stream or even just some of their posts share that stuff you never know who's going to going to pick up on it and you know you may lead a a friend of yours to become a fan of theirs uh, number 2 stream their stuff um, spotify or wherever you're streaming from Stream as much of their stuff as you can because they do get some revenue off of the streams. So the more streaming that happens, the more money that they can potentially get. Uh, and then number three does cost you a little bit. Um, but that's by their merch. Um, even though they're not on tour, a lot of bands that had tours planned already had the tour merch ordered and delivered. And I've seen a lot of bands putting that merch up on, on their websites, because obviously they still need the money. They footed the bill already for the merch. So, um, you know, this is, is definitely a way to help them out pretty, you know, direct, um, is the way I'll put it. Because way number four is kind of twofold. Um, number one is to go over and make a donation. Um, There's a bunch of different, very reputable charities that are doing work for musicians. Uh, One that we're supporting in particular is Musicares. It's an organization that was made by the Recording Academy. And they're doing really awesome work and, you know, helping touring musicians that can't be touring right now, um, so either go make the the donation directly, or something that I've been doing, um, because I, you know, would like you guys to get some sort of, uh, I don't want to say reward for it, but <laughs> some sort of of, I guess I'm gonna say reward, um, but basically, uh, if you jump over to the you make the scene website youmakethescene.com slash shop uh, we do have a design up that the profits from that design will be donated to Music Cares. Um, I plan on trying to do those donations through Spotify who has a music relief fund that they are doing and basically what it is is if you go through the Spotify website to go to Musicares or one of the other uh, organizations that they've selected and make their your donation that way, they will be um, matching donations up to a $10 million total. So, you know, to maximize donations, that's the way that I'm going to donate as long as that's going on. Um, you guys can kind of donate however you want. But yeah, check out the, the shop, um, I'm not trying to profit on it by any means, because I'm literally giving away the profits from that shirt, uh, that shirt is called Quarantine the Scene, um, basically, you know, we all need to do our parts so that we can all get out and enjoy music again, and I'd love it if you guys picked up the shirt, um, if not, no big deal either way, but... That's all I've got this week, guys. I'm going to take you out with Kiss and Tell by Wildlife off of their new album called Year of the Snake. Remember, guys, take care of yourselves, take care of each other, and you make the scene.